On this episode of the official Young Hunger podcast, we are at the home of Northern Irish football, that is Windsor Park. We are speaking to a very special young woman who's paved the way for women football. And what she's managed to do is simply nothing short of spectacular. My name's Michael Burgess, this is the official Young Hunger podcast, and today we have on Simone McGill. Check this out. The sensation here at Rodney Parade, it's Simone McGill who has given Northern Ireland a shot lead. Hi, I'm Simone McGill. I'm a professional footballer for Aston Villa and Northern Ireland. And I'm delighted to be here today on the Young Hunger podcast. So welcome to the podcast. So we're in Windsor Park, the home of Northern Irish football. So what's your sort of favourite moment or memory of playing here? I would have to say probably most recently we, um, we played England here. We sold the stadium out and I think for me being a young kid who used to come to games here, I think if you had ever sort of told me that one day I'd be walking out playing for Northern Ireland, we would sell it out. I yeah. probably wouldn't believe you, so I think that that'll always be you know, a memory that will stay with me throughout my career for the rest of my life. Um, and although, yeah, we didn't win the game, just I suppose the realisation of this is the level that we're at now. Mm. Um, and to get a taste of that, it was it was really, really good feeling. You came from Magrafelt, isn't that right? Yeah. So a small town, but you had a big dream though. Mm-hmm. So what, where did it sort of begin? Where did just the football dream start? Were you, did you know straight away or did it sort of blossom? Um, I was really young, so I was only four when I started playing. I had an older brother who obviously played football week in, week out, and Mm -hmm. he used to go every Saturday morning to local mini soccer, and one week I decided I wanted to go along with him just to kind of see what the fuss was about, and fell in love with the game. Um, From the start? From from the get-go, yeah. I just became obsessed. I mean, my whole family were obsessed with it anyway, and I just think it it fitted that I then loved the game. and that's where it all started, really. You know, from a small town, played in, in school, played with the boys, and I just knew so early on that yeah. this is what I want to do. Did they ever ask you to come back, do we speech for us? Or <laughs> yeah, so obviously played throughout school, and I suppose now when you look at the game, there's so many opportunities and so many girls' teams, but whenever I was a kid growing up, we didn't really have that. And yeah. I, uh, I had to muck in and play with the boys, and you know, going through primary school, you know, there was no girls team and I remember trying to fight to get us a girls team and we eventually got one and yeah. um, I had some really supportive teachers throughout mm-hmm. my journey and obviously then I had, um, you know, the, the question of what do you want to be when you, you grow up and I used to say I wanted to be a footballer and I, you know, I got some funny remarks yeah. I'd say. And it, how, did, how did you handle that then? Were you sort of like used to it or did, did it hit you hard? Or uh, No, I think at that age you've got, you know, you've got no fear um, and I suppose it was typified, you know, I played... 11 aside with Cookstown Youth Boys team for yeah. five, five, six years. And I used to go along and play every Saturday and we're coming up against boys teams and they used to laugh before any ball was kicked just yeah. because there was a girl in our team. and Probably give you hunger nearly, did it? Yeah, I mean, I think I actually came to love it because it was always quite funny that they would laugh at the start and then I used to get the ball and then they weren't laughing. Yeah, yeah. You know? it, was, <laughs> it was one of them and it was just changing the perception. I quite mm. enjoyed that as well because People laughed like, "Oh, there's a girl on your team. Like, these are yeah. going to be, these aren't going to be very good." And then it was just the change in perception. And even the parents on the side of the pitch for the other team at the end of the game, they would come up to my parents and they'd be like, "She's a player." Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was just, it was nice to, yeah, yeah. it was a nice feeling. And 
just I had that resilience at such a young age. Like I was so determined. I wasn't phased by anything. And I think it was a very important attribute to have because, you know, there was no clear pathway into this whenever I was yeah. a kid. Because you forged your own path nearly. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, there was no clear route into it. I mean, the game wasn't even professional whenever I was growing up. It wasn't that there wasn't any role models out there. I just couldn't see them. There was no access to see them. The game wasn't televised. It wasn't accessible, really. You know, social media wasn't really a thing. Um, there was only ever one game a year that I could watch on, on TV, and that was the FA Cup final. And to chase this dream that wasn't really a thing, it was only semi-professional yeah. at this stage. I think maybe in, in the US it was professional, but in England mm. it certainly wasn't. And I was chasing this dream of being a professional footballer, and it wasn't a thing yet, but I was holding out on the hope that one day it would be. And obviously, luckily for me, it did become my dream. So You've had massive success in your career so far. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've been in two FA Cup finals. You've been player of the year a few times. You're Northern Ireland's first female pro. Yeah. Started playing when, for the senior team when you were 15, and you were part of the first team to qualify for a major tournament. So mm -hmm. you literally paved your own way to get to where you are nearly. Yeah, I did. I remember um, you know, when I was, I suppose, in my later teen years, when you really start to think about you know, your next move. I was yeah. playing for Middlestar Ladies in the Irish League, and... I feel like I'd done everything I could do over here. Um, you know, I was getting top goal scorers, getting player of the year, you know, every year. And I knew if I wanted to take this seriously, I had to make a move across the water. And the game obviously wasn't professional still. It was still semi-professional, but I knew, I just knew something within me knew that one day, you know, the game was going to get there. And yeah. um, so I ended up going to university over in Liverpool. What were you studying? Were you studying... Coaching, actually, <laughs> yeah. We contacted Everton before that and... So in the January, so you start to apply for unis around that sort of time, if I can remember. Um, I flew over, actually, and had a trial at Everton. What age were you, were you 15? No, sorry, this was when I was 17. 17? Yeah, flew across, had a trial at Everton, and they wanted to sign me. Yeah. Um, so I was still doing my A-levels in Macrofell High School, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I ended up flying back and forth every weekend just mm. to play for Everton on a weekend and fly back and do school. Yeah, yeah. And then in June, I made the move over officially. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was still semi-pro and I'd applied for uni but I didn't know if I'd got in yet so I was kind of yeah. crossing my fingers in the hope that I would get in as well and then naturally I got in and it kind of gave me the foundation to, to be based over there and still play football and mm -hmm. study. How did you find that? Because like Monday to Thursday you were here mm -hmm. and then Friday you were going over and playing mm -hmm. for Everton yeah. and then back on Sunday. Yeah, I know, I know. It felt like I was a little bit of a rock star, you mm. know, turning up to school on a Monday morning. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Just scored two there. Yeah, yeah, I remember we um, went to the PFA Awards and it was on like one Saturday night and I remember like for me that was the first real big thing I'd went to where there were superstars there and mm. I remember just meeting like Garth Bale and like loads of the United players and everything I'm walking into school on a Monday and everyone was like oh, there she is yes. <laughs> she met Garth Bale yeah. you know and it, it was just it was yeah at that age you're, you're walking down corridors yeah, in school yeah. you thought you were really cool um, <laughs> But no, it was it was hard. I actually look back and kind of wonder like how I fitted it all in, how I managed it, and you know, because I still had to maintain my studies because I was mm. still trying to get into university. So yeah, I mean, I don't actually know how I pulled it off, but I think it probably goes back to just being I was just so determined about you know trying to see the end goal of where mm. I wanted to get to. Mm -hmm. So I knew if I put the work in now, hopefully it'll help 
get me there and yeah. luckily for me it did. Did you ever feel like the university stuff was more of like a safety net or was like your mum trying to be like if you don't have the football you have something to fall back on? Yeah to, to be honest I think I ended up just going to university because like I said it gave me the foundation to be yeah. there mm. more than anything you know it's not like in the men's game if you go and sign for a professional club that's it yeah it was completely different the game the women's game wasn't established by any means or anything and I was just trying to figure out what's my best route to get me over there so I can play. Okay, university gives me the reason to be here. Let's do let's do that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, figured it out. So what like, see whenever you're getting ready for a big game or what's your sort of motivation or like what's your why as to doing what you do? Because I feel like everyone sort of thinks, oh, we Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. And then you probably think, you know, I'll show you mm -hmm. what we Northern Ireland can do. Yeah. So what's sort of your why whenever you're like training and... I think, yeah, I mean, our whole lives we've been underdogs yeah. and I think even my journey, you know, getting to become a full-time professional, it was, you're always written off, you know, mm. you come from here um, you, there's so many obstacles you've got to get over, you know, and I feel like every time, you know, we're up against anything, we always break it down and we always get there and I always think back, anytime we've got a big game or, I'm, you know, I'm playing for Northern Ireland or... I always think back to the kid who used to just play for fun because I just love playing the game and, and that's my why, you know, mm. and for all the people who invested so much time in getting me to where I am, I, I always do it for them, you know, I had mm. great coaches throughout my career that invested so much time in me individually, not just like as a believing in you nearly yeah, to... Yeah, not just as a player but also a person, um, you know, I remember my coach at Middlestar Ladies, Noel, and he used to pick me up after school and he used to book out... Um, like an indoor pitch and we used to just practice for one to two hours every week mm -hmm. just on like my technical ability on just everything to just try and get me sharper to get me quicker to get me faster and mm -hmm. you know he didn't have to do that but he yeah. did because he believed in me and he believed in my dream and you know if it wasn't for people like that you know I may never have you know had that motivation or that belief in my own in my own self to want to push towards yeah. that dream so mm -hmm. I suppose when I think back to like what's my why it's for it's for those people and it's for the the young girl that I used to be that had this dream and yeah. for any other young girl now is a dream like I'm hopefully living proof that you can go and do it. I'm sure a lot of young people are looking up to you because you were saying there before filming you did like a wee speech and they'd be sprung up upon you <laughs> mm -hmm. but you did it nearly didn't you mm -hmm. for those under 17s? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah like, you know I like to think that for them it must be nice to know that they have players that they can look up to who are doing something that they want to do. Yeah. You know, whenever I was that age, like I said, it, it's not that they weren't there, it just wasn't accessible for me. Mm. And if I wanted, you know, all my role models were, were male players. Yeah. You know, my favourite players growing up as a kid were, you know, the men. And now for young girls, it's women because yeah. you just have to turn the TV on. It's everywhere now and it's great. You mm. know, that's what we've been fighting so long for to get it there. And um, so I, I hope that you know, the kids, especially here, you know, are looking up to not just me, but all of our Everyone senior nearly, girls, yeah, you know, yeah. and, you know, what we've done and what we've achieved and the things that we've gone through to get it where it is. You know, I, I do hope that they, they look up and they want to do similar things to what we've done. Mm, and like, touching on your mindset, what do you sort of think it takes to be successful at what you do? In terms of sort of football, but, like, even just in life? I think you have to be driven yeah. within... Um, you know, you just can't be handed these things. Um, you know, I had to work really hard. You know, I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's no one's even heard of it. You know, I go across to England and people are like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, do you know Belfast? I'm kind of <laughs> near there. And it's, you have to be so self-driven, I think. Um, and I mean, I always was. 
you know, I was chasing a dream. It wasn't even there yeah. at a point. And I always look back and wonder, you know, how, how did I do it? What was it? And it was just a burning desire within me, you know, that mm. I wanted to not just prove to everyone else that I could do it, but prove to myself that, you know, if I know that I left no stone unturned and I did everything that I could and mm -hmm. worked as hard as I possibly could, then I'll know I gave it my best shot. And yeah. luckily for me, it just so happened that I managed to pull it off. Mm. What about like, do you visualize before a big game? We're here at Windsor Park. Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of looking out over the pitch here and I'm sort of thinking, do you ever before a big game be like, right, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm going to do it, or it's sort of way bit different? Oh, or? Absolutely, I think, you know, every player probably does, whether or not they know they're doing it. Yeah. Um, I know, especially before the Euros, I did a lot of that. I tapped into that a lot because, you know, when you're young and you're out playing on the street or wherever, and you score a goal and you celebrate, you're imagining that you're, you're scoring a goal in, you know, Windsor Park yeah. or in a Euro final or whatever, you know, that's just your imagination as a kid, it takes you there. and. Mm -hmm before, you know, getting to the Euros and playing on that sort of stage, I tapped into that a lot, you yeah. know, and what it would you feel think like. that's helped, definitely helped you then? As like a, like a Absolutely, mechanism? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think, obviously walking out here and it was a packed stadium, you know, I remember in the build up to that, I was trying to visualize what that would feel like. And then actually doing it, it was mm. just incredible. And mm. they're, the, they're the reasons why you play for yeah. moments like that, that just take a breath away. You just know that you'll, you'll never forget them sort of moments and hopefully there's many more of them to come. Mm. I know you've had a wee bit of trouble with your ACL injury. Mm -hmm. yeah. Talk to me a little Just about a that. Just a wee bit of trouble, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, yeah, at the, at the Euros, like it was everywhere. And unfortunately I suffered a cruciate injury, which is one of the toughest injuries I suppose to get because it's just such a long mm. recovery process. Um, and unfortunately for me, it happened on the biggest pinnacle of my career what, yeah, yeah. yeah you know you wait your whole life to get to a major tournament and mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful that I got there yeah. and I got that moment that I'd been dreaming of because I think if it had a happened before that I don't think I ever would have accepted it and mm. um, so I just had to try and look at it in a positive that yeah, you know yeah. I got there I got my moment and and uh, no one will ever take that away mm. from me how, how did you sort of cope with that like mentally because I'm sure that was a big hit oh massively have. yeah I mean like I said you know, I've waited my whole life. It's been my dream since I was a kid. Like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to play professionally, but if you ever asked me as a kid, it was, I want to play for Northern Ireland. I want to be part of that first team to get to a major tournament. That was always my dream when mm. we got there. And, yeah. and then, you know, I'm finally there, I'm on the pitch, and then the worst injury you can nearly get happens. You couldn't write it nearly? No, uh. you absolutely couldn't write it. And, you know, luckily for me, I just had fantastic people around mm. me that got me through that, I think, them 10 days we were there. Um, you know, because I could have very easily just wanted to go home, but I was like, no, I've put so much into getting here. You know, I'm going to stay here. I'm just going to take it in in a different way. Yeah. Um, and I did. And, you know, I, I managed to make the most of that time. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to engage with the fans and look at look at it from a different way and be there yeah. for the girls and be the biggest fan for them. And, um, and I'll always look back at the Euros. Yeah, I'll always be reminded of my injury, but... I'll always look back and I'll, I'll try and think of the good things, you know, and just how we brought everyone together. We had so many fans there and what it done for the game. And, mm -hmm. you know, the aftermath of that, we're seeing it now. And, you know, we're seeing the scale that the game's on here now. And we want to keep growing that. We want to keep making it bigger. And well, Women's football is massive now, isn't uh, it? Especially oh, yeah. in Ireland. Absolutely. I mean, everywhere globally, it, it's getting bigger. But it's fantastic yeah. to see here. You know, when I used to play here many moons ago, no one would have known you had games and 
you know, you were begging people to come watch games and, mm -hmm. you know, now, you know, you've seen with the attendances, we're getting at games and hopefully... You're selling out an hour, is it, you were saying there? Uh, yeah, when we play at Seaview, like a couple of hours and, yeah. uh, you know, the games were selling out. I know that they only hold a couple of thousand, but Still, it's just fantastic you know I mean? yeah, that, yeah. to know that the demand's there and to know that people want to come and watch us and support us. And um, obviously then to see that firsthand over in Southampton as well, it was just so special. You know, we always are very outspoken about how good our fans are and to have that connection with them and see them over there was fantastic. And I know that for me personally, you know, suffering such a, mm. a blow like this, just to have their support and actually feel it yeah. when I was there was fantastic. I think Northern Ireland fans are different. Are oh they? yeah, different know. gravy. Yeah. You, know, you only need so many and they feel like you can fill up a stadium nearly just, mm -hmm. just from them. But yeah. sort of what, moving away from football, but what do you sort of do to like relax or like de-stress because everyone sort of has that wee thing to yeah. keep their mind off it. So what sort of, what's your um, go oh, I do loads. I have a little dog yeah. um, <laughs> who takes up a lot of my time. Mm. He's brilliant, little Paddy. So normally if I have days off and stuff, I like to catch up with friends, get coffee and take the dog, really. Yeah, completely zone out nearly from, from football. Yeah, it's, it's just nice to switch off. I like coming back here, you know, see family and stuff if I, if I ever get the opportunity to and um, do other little, little bits and pieces, play the guitar, uh, quite into photography and little bits and pieces like that, just to switch off. It's quite therapeutic sometimes to just completely switch off from everything. Yeah, yeah. What about like, uh, I've actually got a quote I wanted to read you out mm -hmm. and it's from an interview you did recently. <laughs> and you touched a wee bit on it earlier, but you say here, for years we've played and nobody cared, nobody watched. We want young kids to look up to us and inspire them to go after their dreams. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, like I said before, mm. I used to get a couple of hundred people at the game, if that. And, you know, it used to be rainy Thursday nights and you know, you'd be lucky if people knew there was even a game happening. Yeah. You know, you'd have to, like, look on really deep in a newspaper and a few lines to get any sort of report on the game. And yeah. now, you know, we have a game. Everyone knows that you have a game. How do you feel when people do look up to you and be like, wow, that's Simone? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's nice. I think for all of us, you know, who have been on this journey for so long, you know, I've played in the seniors for over 10 years. I think it's actually 12 years now, which is crazy. Um, and some of the girls have been there longer than me. And we've been on this journey together. And I think it's so nice for all of us who have been there for such a long time to have been a part of the transition, to know that we've made that change happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, going from playing in front of 50 to a couple of hundred people to selling out Windsor Park and getting to the Euros. And, you know, it's, it's just nice to kind of get something back from the game because you've given everything for your whole life. So yeah. to get something back is, mm. is really nice. And if a young girl or a guy came up to you being like, have you any advice for them? Mm -hmm. Not even just in football, but like in anything, what would you say? I always say, you know, if you have a dream, whatever the dream is, believe in it, you know, and give it everything. You've got to know that you're putting everything into it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're never just going to get handed things. You have to work hard and you have to be driven within. And if you really do want to, chase after something go in full hog and leave no stone unturned because then you'll never look back and be like well what if I just did more or what if I worked a little bit harder you know you want to make sure that you're just giving it everything leave everything on the table absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely well, I've got one last one here yeah this is completely nothing football or anything related yeah. but have you got any like wee business ventures that you're on at the minute not overly I mean I started um so I got an iPad where I start drawing and stuff and mm. I started like tapping into like some kind of graphic design and stuff which oh, yeah was another little thing for me just to kind of switch off. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually started 
trying to draw my dog. Yeah, and how's it, that going for you? And it turned out really good. <laughs> and then other people wanted their dogs doing and stuff. Yeah. And it was just like a real random wee thing that I started to do to just relax. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh, one day I could maybe I do this instead of yeah, yeah. A, little, a little business. But no, I just enjoy doing it. It's just I would do it on camps actually. Um, I remember me and Rachel Furness are sitting in the room and. I was drawing her dog just to yeah. relax, yeah, before, I think it was actually before we were playing England here and I was drawing her dog in the room and it just yeah. really, because I'm just, like, I'm off my phone, off socials, like, everything's switched off and I'll just sit for, like, an hour or so and I'm just drawing and it's just so, so yeah. relaxing. And then do you sell it to them after? <laughs> Matrix. Nah, it must be big crack and stuff, I suppose, when you're out and about with the girls. Oh, yeah, I mean, some of the stories that we could tell, you know, yeah. we always say that we would love to write a book someday yeah. because some of the stories we have to tell just throughout the years as well, you know, going back years when, you know, it wasn't professional in any sort of capacity and just what we, you know, experienced, it was, it was really good mm. fun. You're on social media. Yeah. Where can people find you on the socials? Oh, I'm on everything now. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously just at Simone McGill on literally everything. Mm. Instagram, TikTok now. You name it, you're on it. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, ever, literally everything. That has been us from the Young Hunger podcast. I hope you guys have took something away from Simone's story and I'll catch you guys in the next one.